Welcome to Texas TL in Exile. This is episode number 10. I am TL Davis. And I have today with me, I have uh, Matt Bracken, who anybody who's really been concerned about the direction of our nation for the past 10 years knows something about Matt. And it might even go back further than that, because I think he's published uh, Enemies Foreign and Domestic, I think around 2003, 2005, somewhere like that. And uh, he did the whole trilogy, which was Enemies Foreign and Domestic, Foreign Enemies and Domestic Enemies. And he wrote another book. But he's also been on the Alex Jones Show, and I know that uh, Michael Yawn picked up one of his, and I'll show it to you later, picked up one of his uh, uh, memes on the internet about Ukraine, something I talked about last week. So I wanted to bring him on because he's always been like one of those guys that are trying to guide the conversation along the, the way that it needs to be and the important parts of it. And so I wanted to bring him on here on this show. Before we get started, though, you know, be sure to hit your rumble buttons. Be sure to subscribe to tldavis.substack.com and sign up there. If you want to become a, a paid member, that's just all the better. Uh, if you don't, the content's still free, no matter what. So that just gives you the opportunity to, to comment. And also, if you're on Anchor or anchor.fm forward slash tl-davis, and you can uh, like or whatever. And that's the audio version. The, the video version is on Rumble, and the audio version is on Substack. So... Substack is probably the best place to go. I wanted to get right into it with Matt. All right, here we have Matt Bracken with us today, and I talked about hoping to get him on, and we finally did. So uh, I brought him in because when we did the recut of Lies of Omission and did Lies of Omission 2021, everything he said was so prophetic to where we are today, and it, and it, it was still so important. Even looking down the road, there are some things in that in that interview that he did what, in 2016, Matt. And um, it's amazing to me, if you go back, how prescient a lot of the things he was saying then. So I wanted to talk to him today and kind of get an idea of where we're at and what we're doing. I would I would say that, um, you know, the, the reason that I, I wrote Enemies Foreign and Domestic back... Uh, actually in the early 2000s, I think it came out in 2003, was um, I was, you know, seeing some really bad currents happening in our country. And I like to think of myself as an amateur, you know, student of history. And most people aren't, you know, they've got their own lives to live. But when you see these, these cycles repeating over and over again from century to century and country to country and empire to empire you know they, they they kind of start standing out i didn't think that my books would change anything you know i would be able to like you know change the course of history obviously my little contribution but um i at least wanted to put it on the record that there were people back then aware of these trends projecting them forward, seeing where it's going so that for the for the for the uh, record, you know, and I one of my proudest accomplishments is selling thousands and thousands of printed books, actual, you know, dead tree, you know, yeah. printed books. They can't mass delete this. Anything on Kindle, anything on Audible, anything digital 
can just be mass deleted. When I think back to um, uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, he wrote the Gulag Archipelago, snuck it out. It was printed in the West, but inside of the Soviet Union, people had to print it on typewriters. Imagine how thick that book is. It's a thousand page book. They had to print it on typewriters with carbon copies to make like three or four copies out of one copy. It was called Samizdat, like self, and that literally means self-publishing. So they had to self-publish by writing uh, books like A Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich or the much bigger um, Gulag Archipelago. People would sit in home and type the entire thing with three or four carbon copies to make it so that three or four other people could see it. And you could you could tell how many generations these things went through because any typos or strikeouts, you know, would be going downstream. But they still did it because under these conditions of communist slavery, they were striving for freedom. You know, they were swimming towards the light. And and so my books were obviously they're not, you know, New York Times bestsellers and never will be, but they're out there. They can't be erased. And they they show what people thought about the future from you know 2003 until now. And that's that to me is really important. And the other reason I wanted to write these things is that I thought that when we actually get to the um, you know, the stuff is hitting the fan stage. And I, and, and I thought I would still have some things to say. I wanted people to listen to me. And I'm not like a big think tank guy. I didn't, I'm not a former CIA officer or FBI agent, you know, or any of these things. I, I don't, um, you know, I'm not a university professor. So why would anybody listen to me? And, the, and they'll listen to me, I hoped, because I wrote about these things more than a decade ago that we're now seeing happen. And, and that's my motivation and that's why I do it. And, you know, at this point, I'm kind of, I'm a little bit stepping out of it. I have some other goals in my life. There's another generation that's picking up the torch that we're seeing. Um, I think that the, the flame is burning the brightest right now in Canada of all places, you know, <laughs> and this, and this is, and this is a beacon for the world right now because the enemy that we're facing is not a national enemy. You know, the, the enemy that we're facing is not, it's not like there's a different enemy in Australia and Austria and America and Canada. It's the same enemy. Right. So when the enemy is revealed in one country, it's revealed in all of these countries. And right now, Canada is the beacon for the world. And, I'm, and I have, you know, very positive things to say, but I feel like, you know, as, a, as any kind of like a, of, of a thought leader uh, on this, you know, I've done my, I've done it. And now the torch is passed to a new generation. You know, these truckers in Canada, that's the new generation. There, there isn't really like a, a leader per se. You know, I've seen in Canada that they're, where they're, they're carrying, um, they're making uh, flags that are a version of the Canadian flag with the Polish solidarity, the same colors, red and white. Solidarnos with that script from the 1980s. And that's that's very powerful. And it's global. You know, it's going around the world. They're carrying Canadian flags in in you know Australia and and uh you know uh, Austria, places you know opposite ends of the globe, because it really means something. 
So I'm, I'm very heartened that there's like a generation now picking up this torch. They really get it about freedom. So th this is a positive trend. I'm, I'm very happy about it. Well, I'm hoping some of our, uh, our fellow citizens will recognize that and, and grab hold of it too. They, they're making noises like they're going to, but, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm just a little bit disappointed that, that, uh, you know, the, the home of the free didn't recognize it earlier and, and, and be a little more assertive about it. I'm, yeah, every country is different, and the conditions in every country are a little bit different. The enemy is a common enemy, and it's it's this, you know, the World Economic Forum, uh, you know, Klaus Schwab, we're all, you know, we're all in tune with what's going on. Right. The, young, the Young Leaders Program, which which included, like, Macron, Trudeau, uh, um, Merkel, you know, there's all, these are all Davos people, right? So... We're fighting a common enemy, and they're very powerful because they're tied in with with um, you know Vanguard and BlackRock, the the um, holding companies that essentially own you know the top hundred or couple hundred corporations in the world, including Pfizer and uh, and um, uh, Moderna. So we know who that enemy is now, and if nothing else. Um, the, the current troubles that we're in is revealing this at a global level. Right. And that's, and that's very important. So what happens in Canada isn't staying in Canada. And the Canadian conditions, I think, are somewhat unique because, you know, American truckers, they're not getting the kind of pressure to get the jab that they were in Canada. Right. If you're an American trucker and, and your punishment is you can't cross the Canadian border big deal man there's 50 states or 48 that you can drive to right right if you're a canadian trucker and they tell you a long-haul trucker that means you're taking canadian car parts to the states let's face it right right you're not you're not driving canadian uh you know parts to uh from vancouver to ottawa you're driving them from from you know from ontario to michigan or from ontario to texas and for these guys to be told, who had held out against the the what I call the uh, the forced experimental mRNA spike protein injection, because it's not a vaccine, they right. even have, you know they can even control the dictionary to change a definition. But for a, for a Canadian trucker, this is like your livelihood is done unless we let you know unless you let us inject you with something you don't want. And when they say, when the Canadian government says, oh, 90% of truckers have taken the jab, I look at that just like a Soviet citizen saying, you're reading Pravda, oh, the grain harvest set a record. But everybody's starving where you live. There's no bread, right? But you read Pravda, hey, the grain harvest set, the, there's more tractors than ever being built. And, and you know, there's no tractors. So when I hear anything like, oh, it's a it's a pandemic of the vaccinated or 90% of the Canadian truckers have been injected, I don't believe it at all. But yeah. when they got to the point where at the border, the Canadian-American border, we'll not let you cross the border unless you can prove you've been injected with the spike protein mRNA jab. And the truckers said, that's it. 
And the thing that's unique about truckers, and it's the same as American truckers, but the pressure wasn't the same because American truckers have 48 states to drive to. Right. The Canadian truckers, you know, 90% of Canadians live like within 100 miles of America. So a Canadian long haul trucker is basically somebody who drives into America. If you said all you can do is, and they were talking next about interprovincial, this would be like you have to prove to go from Virginia to Maryland, you've got to prove you've had the injection. Interprovince, now their provinces are a lot bigger, but if you're in Alberta going to Saskatchewan, they're going to stop you at the border and check your, your injection status. So for, for the Canadian truckers, this was a gun to the head. And something that, you know, I have friends that are truckers. Truckers are a different breed, okay? First of all, they're a lot of them are couples or, or you know, partners because they can keep the thing moving more. But they're all campers now. They got a camper. Oh, yeah, yeah. They got hundreds of gallons of diesel fuel and a little generator that can keep the thing warm. They don't have to run the whole the whole engine to keep the the thing warm. They got a microwave. They got a bathroom. They got a bed, right? They got a fridge. They don't. They've got a camper. And Canadian truckers are fully prepared to be stuck half you know 500 miles from a city in a blizzard. So it's 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 nothing for a Canadian trucker to be told. You're just going to be snowed over for a week. That's like, so what else is new? All right. I live in Florida. I can't relate to that, but I know that that's how these guys are. They're used to driving over ice. They're used to driving in whiteouts. They're used to driving in blizzards. And they're used to just being stuck places. So to tell a trucker, you know, you gotta, you're going to just have to stay in your truck in the city of Ottawa, people are bringing them food. Right. You know, people people are helping them, guarding their trucks and bringing them food. So the situations in each country are a little bit unique. In in Australia, the police have gone full Gestapo. And and I can't really nail this down, but apparently in Australia, they've brought in a lot of foreign police. They have a lot of they have a lot of police that were not born in Australia that are fast tracked into the force. And for whatever reason, the police in Australia are just way more willing to go full Gestapo. But in Canada, at the top, they're saying, I I saw the mayor of Ottawa or police chief of Ottawa. He said, um, you know, don't think that that you're just going to get away with this. We're we're taking the face pictures. We're taking the license pictures, the rig pictures, and we're going to punish every parking violation. It doesn't matter how long it takes. So he's trying to threaten them like way in the future like like january 6 you know you went you went near the capital but some grandmother will walk near the capital it doesn't matter you went back to your life we're going to track you down and screw over your life well this is just hardening the canadians they're not you know they're completely misreading how this is happening right they've the military in canada has already said that they will not be used as police now they can fire the you know their joint chiefs of staff and bring in some more woke military, but you can see that there had to be pressure up from the military to the top saying don't do this. And the the mayor of Ottawa, there's tweets where he's threatening Ottawa police for doing anything cooperative with the truckers. 
like there's reports of of um, police actually helping the truckers. Right. Yeah. And and this is this is a real turning point. This is a, a real pivot because we've seen in other revolutions when it came down to crunch time and the fall of the Soviet Union is actually probably the closest thing in recent memory we have to go by. You know, all of the Soviet Union had been under the Stalinist boot in the 50s and then into the 60s. Then they all kind of evolved a little differently. Yugoslavia, which was under Tito, not directly under under um, uh, Moscow, Yugoslavia was open for people, say, from Czechoslovakia or Hungary to go to vacation there. When it became obvious that Yugoslavia would let you in, and then you could just fly to America, you could fly out of of you know of 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 um, Yugoslavia. That was the beginning of the end for the Soviet Union. So in in different countries, you had way different outcomes. In Czechoslovakia, one country at the time, they did what they called the Velvet Revolution. People went out in the big city squares and jingled their car keys. That was the Velvet Revolution. You know, imagine you know, hundred thousand people jingling car keys. It was like the truck truck horns in Ottawa, and in Romania, they tried the Ceausescu's tried to hang on. They tried to go full Stalinist and order the army to fire on the protesters, and instead the army ended up dragging them out of their palace and shooting them. You know, so it all depends on on uh, how people read the situation. And and um, in, in Canada, it doesn't look like the police are going to turn against the against the truckers in that standoff in Coots on the American-Canadian uh, border. Right. They had to, like, bring in different police. Um, I don't know if you've been following the different videos, mostly on Rebel News, um, but they had a, a certain number of police that had been the spokesmen talking to the truckers in this like a uh, truck stop cafe. And then yesterday it's like, we're the new police that they've sent, you know, Smith and Jones are gone. We're like hardcore and badass, and, you, and we're going to start arresting you. So you can tell what this means is the police are not having it. Even the, even the Mounties, the Royal Canadian, they're not having going hardcore. Right. You know, not only are the numbers against them, because you're, you know, out in Coots, you're in the middle of nowhere. How are you going to bring in enough? They can't get tow truck lines. They can't get the tow truck companies to tow because the tow truck companies know that if they tow any 18 wheelers, they'll never get business when this is over. That'll be the last contract will be the government contract. So the government will have to totally nationalize these companies and they can't get CDL drivers. You can't just take a deputy or a Mountie and say, go drive that 18 wheeler. And I've even seen videos where truckers are saying, and probably most truckers already know this, how easy it is to, to not, not to temporarily sabotage your trucks. What so can't be moved? The wheels will not turn. Right. You, there's a few parts you can take off of your truck. <laughs> and no matter what happens, they, well, they can't drag it. They'd have to bring in like giant caterpillars to drag them. And there have been successful revolutions that happened this way, including, you know, going to before the fall of the Berlin Wall, early 80s, you had solidarity in Poland. And that was when the shipyard workers in Gdansk just said, you know what, 
we're not just going on strike. We're going to go to our old workplace, but we're going to wave Polish flags and crosses and dare the Russians to come in here and go Stalinist on us. Right. And that was the end because the Soviets, you know, they blinked first. They were not will, And that was when the whole world was waiting to see, hey, look, the, the Soviets are in Poland. They can send tanks to Gdansk and machine gun everybody. Right. But they but they blinked. They didn't do it. And that was the and that was the beginning. Solidarity plus at the other end in Yugoslavia, anybody could get a visa to visit another communist country. So people just started leaking out of Eastern Europe and the word got around that they weren't being stopped. Yugoslavia wasn't stopping them because Yugoslavia wasn't under Moscow. And the borders were became leaky. And and within you know a couple of years, Berlin Wall's down, Soviet Union is gone. And and we're seeing some similar dynamics here. Instead of the Soviet Union, it's now the it's it's the Davos clique, the World Economic Forum. They run Vanguard, they run BlackRock, they run social media. You know, they they have most of our politicians in their pockets. They 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 own Canadian broadcasting, right? You know, but it's so obvious. It's like Soviet level propaganda now. I wanted to ask you about this too. Is that, I mean, we're we're on the verge of some really big, big changes here, because of that very thing. We have populations being squeezed as hard as I've ever seen by theoretical democracies, which they aren't. <laughs> obviously um and republics that are not republics but we're standing on the on the verge here and what i've been harping at for a while is is it takes the people on the ground at sometimes the lowest levels to just refuse to do that and you you hit on that a little bit when you were talking about the police you know if the if the truckers won't do it and the police won't won't you know, do as they're told. Big things start to fall when the people on the lowest levels, when they when they start doing what's right, they can topple entire <laughs> entire societies. And I I, I, yeah, I hope that they understand that. I think that that's happening, and I think that that Eastern Europe and the Soviet Union is a good is a good model to follow in terms of some of these dynamics, right. because at the same time that you have. Uh, Switzerland, Sweden, Denmark, the United Kingdom, you know, all for their own internal political reasons, they're saying, we're done with COVID mania. No jab mandate. If you were fired for not taking the jab, come back to work, no masks, you know, and, and other countries like Austria are saying, you must be triple jabbed by, you know, February the 10th, or you're going to be fined and sent to jail. That's Romania. You know, that's the Ceausescu's. So if Australia, it's interesting, you know, the other ends of the word, Austria and Australia are doubling down and tripling down. At the same time, well, they don't control the media. It's not like the Soviet Union in 1935, where nobody even had a radio receiver because that was like proof you were a spy. That was like double enough to get you shot as a spy owning a radio that could receive other than you know soviet propaganda so they didn't know 
the whole Soviet Union, Eastern Europe, they were essentially like North Korea. They couldn't hear the voices from outside. That's why it was so important during the Cold War, Radio Free Europe and, and uh, Radio Liberty going into, the, into Russia, people would tune in. They would modify radios. They were, people had a hunger to hear other than government propaganda. Well, today, the government has a lot stronger weapons, you know, modeling after what they're doing in China with social credit, facial recognition, uh, network analysis of everybody's phones and who you talk to and everything else, and, you know, artificial intelligence, computer programs that can just dial you into like a matrix where the algorithm says, this guy's got to be arrested because in three years, he might like lead a rebel group, okay? Or, or not arrested, but we're going to get him fired, taken off of social media. We're going to turn his volume down to zero. So the government's got stronger tools than ever, but we have stronger tools than ever. So Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, which is you know wholly owned by the government, they're calling the truckers neo-Nazis and transphobes, you know, and saying that they're violent and stealing food. Nobody's believing it because now there's rebel news. You know, there's rebel. You know, in in um, Australia, in in uh, Canada, uh, in other countries, rebel media. It's kind of it's not as big as Fox, but I mean, people are hearing another voice. So when when Ezra Levant in Canada, or this guy Viva Fry, or in Australia Avi Yemeni, when they go out in these crowds, everybody knows who they are. Right. Even though theoretically their media reach is like you know, 2% or 5% of what, you know, Australian Broadcasting Corporation or Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, that's like all of our mainstream media. And then there's like some little thing down there. But that's what people are watching. But so when Avi Yemeni goes into a crowd in Canberra, people start chanting, Avi, Avi, they know who he is. So right. we have some powerful tools too. So there's this huge battle going on. And I'm I'm actually, for a change, optimistic. It seems to me like the Davos group, you know, they've outed themselves. This whole COVID mania episode, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, people that have never been considered, never would have thought of themselves as, quote unquote, conspiracy theorist, Alex Jones. Well, I hate to say it, Alex Jones was right about a lot of stuff going <laughs> way back. I'm not saying everything 100%, but... A lot of the old videos that you can see of him 10, 20 years ago, he's calling these things. And now people that are, you know, Joe Normies are waking up and saying, this really is a plot. This really is a right. worldwide phenomenon. So the fire that starts in Ottawa, in Canada, now in Ottawa and Coots and places like that, people around the world watch it. It's not just something happened in Canada. So this is like Eastern Europe in the 80s. You know, okay, if you want to do if you want to do Romania and get dragged out and shot, that's your call. If you want to do Czechoslovakia, Velvet Revolution, that's your call. So even inside of Canada, in uh, Saskatchewan and Alberta, they've said the mandates are over. No jab, no mask, no nothing. Ottawa's saying you can't do that. So it's sort of like on a larger scale what's happening in Virginia, where the gover Governor Yonkin comes in saying, no mask mandate. 
and then the uh, you know seven or eight commie school boards in seven or eight commie counties say no forget the governor the school board says you have to keep your kids masked no option and then then you get a commie judge that says we agree with the seven county school boards above the governor of the state right that you that you can't get rid of the mask mandate so this is like internal squabbling in romania okay should we bring in the miners from the provinces to beat up the people in in uh, the capital of Romania, in Bucharest? Will that work? Because that, that's what they did in Romania. They said, bring in these miners. They don't know what they, they're like. Country country bumpkins. Well, give them a couple hundred dollars. Put them on trucks. Give them pickaxe handles, and they'll just go in and beat up these hippies in Bucharest. That was that was Ceausescu's solution to the problem. We'll beat up the we'll beat up the protesters with you know miners from the countryside. Within a day or two, the miners are saying we're with you, and then right. all you have is a palace with machine guns on the roof. Right. And when they fired from the roof of the palace into the crowd, the crowd went in there by just massive bodies and dragged out Ceausescu and his wife and others and shot them. Right. So so every country in the world now is all the leaders like look at Trudeau, Fidel Castro Jr., right? Right. Castro, like Trudeau. <laughs> anyway, he hasn't been seen. He's like in hiding in his own country. So the police are looking at this as a huge weakness. Like, why would we go? Why would we fall on our swords for a guy who's such a coward? He's hiding. Don't don't you think? I don't mean to interrupt you, but don't you think it's interesting that you have guys like Trudeau? He was all willing to go bend a knee for BLM when they came in. Oh, sure. It's the same thing as as when AOC and those people occupied Pelosi's office, and and that was all kosher and that was all cool, and then you have something like January sixth, which is was nothing in the overall scheme of things and largely driven by the FBI as far as yeah, I'm what concerned. It, what, yeah, what it was was mainly instigated and, yeah. and you know, that, to me, a classic Buffalo jump. Right. They, they took a beautiful day where hundreds of thousands of Americans, including me, were having the best day of their life, even in this really nasty, you know, cold, like 38, 40 degrees, misty weather. But it was still such an amazing day. But the, the, the deep state analyzing this said, how can we turn this propaganda victory for the conservatives into a propaganda disaster for the conservatives? And that was the, the capital insurrection, like opening the doors, ray apps, all, the whole thing. Yeah, ma uh, magnetically locked doors. <laughs> yeah, and, and not, like a, not like a refrigerator magnet either. Right. Right. So... So they, they, that was engineered, and we have to be smart. You know, and the Canadian truckers, I think, are learning from all of this. You know, our side has smart people. They're not going to be uh, Buffalo jumped into a mistake like that right. or false flagged. You know, so people are much, are much more careful about the false flags and the instigations. But, um, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting watching Canada over the next few days, see what happens with American truckers. Most American truckers are much more on the Joe Normie scale. 
because nobody's saying if you don't get the, the injection, you can't drive from Florida to Georgia. Right. You know, that's what they were facing in Canada. That you can't drive from Saskatchewan to Alberta, you know, or British Columbia unless you have taken this uh, spike protein injection. And there's a couple of things that I want to hit while I have you. I mean, you were one of the first guys to actually point out that what they were doing by allowing, you know, at that time, Barack Obama was was inviting everybody from Mexico in south of the border, not just Mexico, but south of the border. You called it as a replacement strategy. And then now you see the border where it is today, very clearly a replacement strategy. I mean, yeah. Do you have an idea of the overall strategy that they're well, trying to prove? It, it, you know, this is like a, this is a game for everything because I can see you know, flipping back to COVID for a moment. I can see something evolving from a Rand Paul type of an investigation into the origins of the COVID leading to Fauci and others and and a Nuremberg II, a Nuremberg 2.0. So, the, so the, the origins of the virus leads to, why did you do it, Fauci? You know, were, how were you invested in remdesivir? How many millions of dollars did you and your, and your family make out of selling, you know, making hospitals all use this poison remdesivir? And, and absolutely nuking ivermectin and hydro, hydroxychloroquine. Well, there's going to come a time, I think, and, and I'm not saying that we're going to win and this will happen. I'm just saying if our if the freedom side wins, then anybody who ever went to Davos is going to be hunted down. And they're going to be saying, you know, like the, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure she was there. I think she was like the Ivanka Trump types will be saying, I went to Davos, but it was only to be a good influence. I really wasn't like with Klaus Schwab. I'm not in the young leaders because it'll be like you went to Davos, bang. Right. That you know after Nuremberg 2.0, that there may not be a Nuremberg 2.0, which implies there's a you know the facade of a courtroom, right? right? Judges. It may be so bad a year from now. We're talking about the insurance actuarial tables, the death rates of young working age people insured by you know in, with insurance programs that are dying, that never got COVID, they're just dying of heart attacks and, you know, other things. And people are going to start saying, you were one of the people that did this so that Pfizer and Moderna could make billions of dollars. This could lead to like a Ceausescu movement where we just drag people out. And the same goes with the southern border. You, two million a year, we're supposed to go fight for Ukraine because of 100,000 some Russians in Russian territory or near the Ukrainian border. I wish we had 100,000 American troops near our border. Right. Instead, we've, we've basically become a bus and airplane service for anybody in the world. People with lots of money that want a kid to be, you know, an American, they fly to Mexico, catch a, an Uber to the border, and then catch a bus to anywhere they want to go in America. When this tide turns, and there's either a Nuremberg 2.0 or a Ceausescu moment, the politicians that supported this invasion 
could be dragged out and dealt with. I mean, it it can you know things can shift in really ugly ways. It either goes full gulag, social credit score locked down. You know, you can't use a credit card because you know you didn't get a jab. Americans won't put up with that. Now, maybe our truckers aren't quite as as um, close to the flame as the Canadian truckers, as we've discussed. They're much closer to the flame. But our truckers and everybody else, I mean, people I know uh, who have a nursing license get emails every day offering $10,000 bonus to come back to work or to come to work for, you know, hospitals everywhere, sign on bonuses, moving bonuses, you know, uh, uh, you know, $40 an hour, just come to work. Yeah, you know why that is? It's because of how many nurses they fired that wouldn't take this spike protein injection. Right. And people aren't going to forget this. So the UK, Boris Johnson, because he had his own problems with Partygate and things like that, he tacked. He's like a sailboat. We're going the other way. Right. You can say, well, his motives were to save his ass. Who cares? He said, mandate, jab, mask, all done. Forget it. It's over. Other countries are doubling down. You know, uh, Austria, Australia. Ireland, Sweden, Denmark, Switzerland, forget, they're like UK, forget it. This is the the year or so like the fall of the, before the fall of the Soviet Union when the Eastern European countries are all breaking apart. And the people who are, who are for open borders, it's in the constitution. I scream, I'm pulling my hair out every time watching Fox or any Newsmax, One American News, they talk about, well, they, they should apply the law to these people crossing the border. It's way more than that. There's this thing in the Constitution called the Guarantee Clause. Article 4, Section 4 says the government will guarantee, you know, to protect the states from invasion. Guarantee. Two million a year is an invasion. That's a million men of fighting age. We're descending through the country and we're supposed to take it. When this tide shifts, the people that supported open borders could be dragged out and given the Ceausescu treatment because that's how it's going to be. And there's going to be, it's going to, you want to see black and white united. It's going to be, you know, Blacks are going to, are, I think, are going to start voting very strongly. Not, I'm no Republican, but against this policy, which means they'll vote conservative because they're just being displaced by cheaper labor. Right. And, and all of the, and it's really a government program. They want more, the, the more illiterate, the more sickly, the, you know, the more infirm, the more kids you have with autism come into America because each one of your family will require a whole squad of government employees to care for you. It's a way to jumpstart communism. The more people that don't speak English, have no, low, have no skills, have low IQ, every one of them requires a whole team of government workers to, to care for them. Right. And that's, that's all over the world too. That's that's yes, everybody yes. from every nation sees that pathway through Mexico now, and they're they're all jumping on, not the, just, on the bandwagon. But not, and not just America. This is Germany. Yeah, this is Chile. They're having riots in Chile over Venezuelans coming into Chile. So 
the World Economic Forum Davos Group, they're in a battle to wreck, you know, the concept of national sovereignty. Right. To just blow it up. This is why they're going to pivot from COVID. I think they were really disappointed that COVID wasn't worse. I think that they were hoping that the casualties would be higher and it wasn't as bad as, but they had already had the plans. They rolled out the plan. And now everybody that dies from a vaccine injury is essentially counted as a COVID injury. Right. Or, well, he maybe he died because he didn't get his cancer treatment. But a lot of in, in a lot of cases, like any they, they do every statistical manipulation. Um, if you if you die within two weeks of getting your vaccine, they say you were unvaccinated. Right. So what did you die of? COVID. Right. Right. Yeah, no, it's it's sickening because, you know, guys like me are are, are dependent upon, you know, what are the facts? I mean, I can't I can't evaluate my my position and and what I need to do and the decisions I need to make without facts, truth, things like that. And they have just destroyed it. Everything. I mean, this is where economic, medical. This is where. We're at a, you know, when when you think about the 20th century, the Wright brothers, you know, flew the first heavier-than-air airplane in 1903, right? By 1917, you got 17-cylinder radial head engines with a with a machine gun that can fire through the repellers synchronized, <laughs> right? So look at right. that leapfrog, and and then by 1950, jet aircraft. You know, we're, we're, we're pistons are out, jets are in, and by 1969, we're putting a man on the moon. So this acceleration shouldn't be unexpected, but the, at the same time that it's very easy to get gloomy because the government's got all of this network analysis and and uh, the you know every they can track you 20 ways from Sunday, and then network with you with your friends to pick out who are the leaders, who are the followers, who do we gotta like you know, isolate, but look at our side. What Look at what the tools we've got. So they try to kick us off of social media. I think Joe Rogan's a, kind of punking out. He should have just said to Spotify, the hell with you. I'm going to, you know, you're in breach of contract. I've got my lawyers. I'm out of here. They're just taking his stuff off of Spotify. He's apologizing. But I like what Dan Bongino did. He got kicked off of YouTube. He's already prepared the place on Rumble. Right. You know, they can't get rid. It's like mushrooms. They, they, they nuked Parler when Parler was trying to get started. They always said, oh, if you don't like uh, liberal social media, start your own. So Parler started. They got nuked. Right. right. They couldn't do business. Gab, which has been around now for, I don't know, going on a decade. Gab went a different way. They, they made all their own servers. They got their own infrastructure. Same thing with InfoWars, with uh, Infowars video site is called Band, like right. uh, Band in Boston. Band dot video. Uh, they they do it. They host their own stuff. They can't be taken off. So our side is building a parallel economy. Something Bongino talks about a lot. GoFundMe took the ten million dollars from the truckers right. and said they were going to give it to their charities of their own choice. You know, BLM <laughs> and Antifa. They got so much pressure within a few hours of saying, you know, don't hurt me anymore. We'll give you your money back. 
but but then there are other uh cons, you know conservative or libertarian um crowdfunding sources that are stepping in so we're creating our own parallel economy unless they can go full full uh communist china party technologically install uh, you know modern stalinism i don't think that they can do it here right. i don't think they can do it here you know in tiananmen square happened really before was it 89 I think that happened really before the modern internet. So we saw on TV that they had built like a, their own model of a Statue of Liberty. And they brought in troops that wouldn't, you know, fire them, but fire on the students. But then they just brought in troops and said, there's enemies in there, drive tanks over them. And they did it. But there was no internet yet. Right. They can't do anything like that now in, in, uh, in say in Canada or even in Canberra, the alternative media voices and cameras are out there now. And just anybody with a smartphone, like this guy, Viva Fry from Montreal, but he's been in Ottawa for a few days. Right. Anybody with a smartphone can get, you know, millions of views. So we're, we're creating our own alternative news, um, you know, news media. And it's, and it's much more organic and harder to kill because it's just, it's like grass or mushrooms growing. Right. You know, they, they, they try to play whack-a-mole with things like parlor and three more sprout up. I think that in, I think we could win in Canada because the, um, you know, the government is, is uh, run by a coward. So Castro's bastard son, he's such a cuck, he's in hiding. And the army said, no, don't call us in to be police. And these 18 wheelers, every truck driver knows how to like, just make it so the wheels don't turn. I don't see where this goes, but I'm very hopeful. I feel like it's um, Gdansk, Poland. Right. Uh, the world is watching the first, the first domino to fall, leading to the end of communism as we knew it then. Uh, and we may be watching in Canada the first domino to fall because Government leaders around the world have to say, am I going to go, am I going to follow Romania or am I going to follow Czechoslovakia? Right. You know, if you follow Czechoslovakia, you can keep your job, you can keep your house. If you follow Romania and you shoot at the crowd from the top of the palace, they're going to drag you out and shoot you. Yeah, that's not, that's not going to work. One of the other things I wanted to make sure I covered with you because it was, it was part of uh, something that you'd mentioned in Lies of Omission too. When you look at where we're at now, have you been keeping up with the military readiness of, of especially the Navy? Um, I think they just had like an audit take place not too long ago. Yeah, no, we're our military is a joke right now. I just posted something on Gab. Um, two female fat airborne paratroopers, you know, two girls that are easily weigh 180, 200 pounds in full, you know, all-American AA paratrooper it's a disgrace w wokeism has completely taken over the military and you have to wonder is it just naivete or is it completely sabotaged and you have to go also to the to forcing the jab what? on healthy young people who have no risk from covid but that was one of the that was one of the things i wanted to throw on top of that yeah, then you get on top of that you have you have this so yeah is it just is it sabotage are they using wokeism as a form of as a means of sabotage in the same way that they that they are using the jab as a form of sabotage? I and think, I think personally, you have to look at it and say it couldn't be 
anything but intentional. It's either it's either um, naivete at like a you know every, every child gets a uni a, a unicorn you know uh, fantasy level, in which case you have no business being a general in the military, right? Or it's sabotage. They're pretending to believe in unicorns. But what they really want is to wreck our military. And if God help us, if we have to fight the Russians in uh, Eastern Europe, because we'll be in their corner, you know, in their range where we have to, when, when we've been so spoiled uh, for, for decades, you know, Saddam Hussein couldn't do anything about it. We could spend six months sending via, uh, you know, sending ships into, into um, uh, Saudi Arabia, right? Nobody's attacking us. We're just, we're just building it up and building it up. We can't do that. We can't like send forces to Romania. We're in Russia's range. Right. They're not just going to watch us, you know, build up Norman Schwarzkopf's, you know, huge military in Romania on our schedule. And then since then, we've basically been fighting, uh, you know, terror groups. ISIS or the Taliban. And look what happened to us in Afghanistan. We we left there in a total disaster. So the same the same generals that are wrecking our military with the with the injections and with wokeism, you know, fat female paratroopers, come on, right? Right. They're going to send that force to Putin's backyard like we're just going to be allowed 6 months to build up whatever we want. We will be annihilated if we do that, because yeah. the rest of the world has not gone woke. And but maybe that's what they want to do is just change the subject from you know they're losing on COVID, they're they're losing on the border, so let's change the subject. I can see a lot of anger being built up, and the people that are responsible for this treason and sabotage, I think that there could be severe repercussions for them. Yeah, but, but some things will be impossible to hide. It will be impossible to hide. Over you know during the hype in 2020 when the COVID was the original strain the most dangerous people died at a certain number in 2021 after the vaccines are rolled out people are dying in way higher numbers right the right. vaccinated so you can project that in 2022 this is going to get worse and they're injecting children. You want to get mama bears ready to, you know, to take you out of the cave and hang you or shoot you, claw you to death. Brainwash people find to out? inject their children with poison. There's yeah. going to be like a revenge motive built up. They had statistics on, on in the military. They kept a lot better uh, because the military has an obligation to know what their fighting force is. Right. And miscarriages and, and loss of pregnancies are up like 400%. But, and they have the stats because they, they averaged the five years before 2021. All of these are spiking. And the same things are happening. You know, morticians are reporting it. The insurance companies. Insurance companies, actuarials. Yeah. They, can, they can hide it a little bit. The, the, they can hide it a little bit temporarily by saying, well, a lot of these extra deaths in 2021 were the result of deferred treatment, you know, people that didn't get their chemotherapy, et cetera. But a lot of these deaths are working age people who were healthy. Right. And they suddenly keel over or they they had beaten cancer a decade before and it like flares out on them after getting the jab. This is all going to become crystal clear in the next year. 
people who had anything to do with Fauci, people who had anything to do with the World Economic Forum, they could be getting getting the Ceausescu treatment. You know, there's going to be such a rage and parents giving this to their children because they can't play on the sports team or they can't go back to school. They've got a whole generation now of college students. So you're talking 17 to 23 who've been injected with poison that they do not need. That is like give, gives them a way higher chance of myocarditis and other severe consequences. And myocarditis is one of the early signals, you know, like, like um, uh, miscarriages. That's right. one of the early signals. We don't know what's the five-year signal. You know, we don't know if all of the women that have been given this are going to be sterile. Right. We don't know. What's the five-year thing? We know that, like, their menses are all screwed up. Yeah. But what's the five-year signal going to be? Is the five-year signal going to be you just sterilized 80% of American college girls? Yeah. That rage, the outrage, Fauci will have to be, like, getting plastic surgery and hiding in, you know, like, Mangala in South America somewhere. If we can get them all corralled into Epstein Island, I think we've got a chance. To, yeah. <laughs> we've got a good target, at least. Maybe yeah. we can lob something over there. One of the things that, that needs to be really pointed out is that, okay, the, the Canadian truckers had, had the gall to go ahead and do it and to take that step, but they need to be backed up by the people around them or it won't work. And they need to be backed well, I think, up I think by the people think, all over think, the world, or no, I think they are. I've been watching a lot of the um, you know live Rumble stuff, like you know Viva Fry and Rebel News, and that the, they're setting up like kitchens. People are driving in because one of the things that the that the um, Canadian government has done is buy up all the hotel rooms in Ottawa, so people can't come in and step you know and and contribute by being in a hotel, but people are driving hundreds of miles like. From you know, with their own barbecue grill, setting up a, a temporary barbecue grill on the street and feeding everybody in sight. Then they go home. Right. So, you know, within 500 miles of Ottawa, there's millions and millions of people that say, "I'm just going to take all the food I can find here, and I'm going to go and distribute it down there." They can't stop those people from doing it. And, and that's going to keep this thing going. I mean, what what a low what a low life move that is to buy up all the motel room. I mean, it's like these, these these. I mean, I think for me, and it's using government using taxpayer money yeah, to do it. It's, it's frustrating to me because I'm like, why can't people recognize that when your government will de do these sorts of things? Because I recognized it way back when uh, when Obama in his first, you know, in like 2008 or nine. When he flew into Grand Junction and I found counter protesters for the first time in my life. You never had that before Barack Obama. I mean, it's part of this government and it goes back to Antifa and BLM and everybody out. It's these government goons that are set up. I, I, saw, I, I saw a video from Ottawa from, I guess, from last night. And it's from the, the camera is with the truckers. But you see like, you know, 40 or so cops, they're wearing like. It's, it's, I never saw this before. So, like, their tactical gear is yellow reflective, you know. So, it's like tactical yellow fluorescent, which I never saw before. Okay. So, so these cops are coming towards the, the truckers to demand that they get out of the way. And the truckers form a phalanx. You, you can't see it. You just see the cops. But you hear all these voices starting to chant, freedom, freedom. And the police back down. 
Right. You start chanting, you have a big crowd chanting freedom at police, and they start thinking, you know, if Trudeau doesn't win, there's going to be a new police force here. Right. You know, and, and just following orders isn't going to cut it. That's just something that needs to, to be to have a sunset on it right now. And I I'm just hoping that the American public gets the symbols that are being laid out up there in Canada and recognize that we have to impose this ourselves and our cops need to need to recognize where they're at and that we're we're seeing this in we're seeing this in America, such a big country with, you know, at the county level, the state level. Right. You know, we see Virginia with Yunkin saying no mask mandates. Masks are now optional. Then you see like seven or eight liberal counties say no, masks are still mandatory. Against all evidence everywhere. Well, now you're starting to see kids, high school kids, that are refusing to go into schools with masks. They're picking up on the truckers. They're picking up on these viral videos where parents go to these school board meetings and the kids are getting based and, and their parents are supporting them. Going back to civil rights era, every black kid in the, in the South didn't go to a lunch counter. Right. Okay. You know, every black kid in the South didn't like try to integrate a school, but it's, it, you know, you start a fire and it's like, going to ignite right the tender is there it's going to ignite that grows from the high school level you've got like the truckers from one level the high school kids the nurses it comes from all directions and and we're going to win at least i'm not saying for sure but the other side has to go full stalinist chinese communist party social credit score because if if we win there's nuremberg two or ceausescu they right. know it. This is like for all the marbles. If they win, we're slaves. We have to take an injection of whatever they say, whenever they say. And that is couldn't be more clear. It's going to be this way or that way. Okay, well, that was Matt Bracken, author. He does a podcast fairly often with Furfall. And a lot of people, you can kind of look him up, Matt Bracken and Furfall. So I just appreciate him being here. Uh, appreciate y'all being here. Appreciate uh, all the people who come and click, sign up and subscribe and hit the little rumble button or whatever. I appreciate it. It's important. Uh, Anchor FM has, Anchor.fm has the uh, audio version. The Substack has the audio version, but the, the uh, video version is on rumble. With that, thank you very much. Adios. Adios.